Okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we we need one minute here. I'm I'm gonna argue with Jacob. What? Serious, seriously? What? Like say something. Really, I, I make a trade in the OG league and then you send me, me a, you send me a little text that says, Did you see that thing I did with the eye emojis? <laughs> and of course you had to do that said trade. Uh I mean, really? Yes. Yeah, I, I have zero regrets. I'm oh, sorry, zero regrets, not even one single letter. It was great, felt great, feels great. Uh-huh. Feel good. All right. Whatever. I do. Whatever. I do. You know, it's just it. Ah. Just what let me have about? my thunder just once. That's all I'm asking. You still have it. I just got the lightning as well. <sighs> okay. Thunder and lightning. I like that. I like that. Because we See, are look, storm. look, it, it all works out. It all works out. In this episode, we're filming it while it's still sunny outside. So which is shocking. You can tell spring is coming, so that's good. <laughs> all righty. Welcome everybody to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host, Jago Dupree, aka the commissioner. And welcome to episode six of season two. AKA trade snake <laughs> hashtag episode 79 for those keeping the count or 79 and a half or 80. We don't know anymore. It's one of those numbers. We're getting there. I want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to us. Our viewership is growing by the day. So we appreciate that. And like we said, we do have things in the work, but we do have like real work to do. So it, it's still in the works. Just know that it's a lot of working involves. There, there, there is a lot of working of the work, but it depends on what kind of work we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sounds very yeah. labor heavy. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it takes, it takes a, what, what do they call it? It takes a city a to uh, raise a, a village. village, a village. Yeah. A village to raise a, raise a child. That It's kind of the same concept. This, this is our child and we are raising it one day at a time. Alrighty, so uh, you know, after having a lot of activity in the Stranger Danger League there for a few weeks, um, the OG League got involved. And uh, let's see here, was I was I the first trade that happened, or I know there was conversation going on, but I didn't know. Yeah, yes, I, be- I believe that <clears throat> you and I's deal was the first one to begin the domino effect. No, there was another one. Yeah, there was another one that happened before yesterday. Me. It was before ours. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we I'll have- try. It was, yeah. Yeah, so Jacob Hans, Jance, aka Jance, put his first overall pick mm-hmm. on the trade market six days ago. This is how it happened. This is where it started. This is where it started. At this all. feels like my Moneyball story or like my draft day story. Like, oh yeah, you'll no. hear it unfold as we get through this. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It, it, there's a lot of webs in this, so we need to, see <laughs> to comb through it. So Cacho received Jake, uh, Jance's <clears throat> number one overall pick along with Casey's. 10th overall pick so Cacho is picking up two first round draft picks and Jance will receive the third overall pick along with Cacho's first in 2023 so essentially it was a pick swap yeah um you know some positioning there so we kind of figure that out and then Jance sending out the uh, the very funny it's done uh (laughs) Bilbo Baggins meme so everyone's losing their mind and then you know of course everyone has their opinions which is which is awesome We're, we're getting some conversation we're getting some fire fire with the bilbo there it's about time and then you know behind the scenes you and i had been working a, a trade and um yeah i went full less need i said f the picks um let's go i said shower me and then picks yeah so uh and i know a lot of people <clears throat> will say i overpaid for it but i is in the beholder and i felt like i got a good deal out of it i think you got a good deal out of it i think we're both happy with it um, I'm kind of sick and tired of Antonio Gibson. I'll just be no shame. point blank, even though I have him in another league, the injuries are just killing me and he's not living up to what I think he could. Now I don't have to trade you, Jarrett Patterson. I just hold on to him. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so of course you received DJ, DJ Moore, Antonio Gibson. You received my seventh overall pick for this year and my first round pick for next year. I got Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So my window is absolutely now. Like, let's let those names sink in. So just so everybody can get the shock factor out there. Like, yes, I didn't like, I traded Dalvin Cook, top three running back this year, probably. Stefan Diggs, probably a top seven wide receiver this year. And Dalvin Cook's like absolute lockup handcuff. For DJ Moore, who's a 24-year-old guy who's been in the league for four years. Tonyo Gibson, second year running back, and two first round picks. I remember telling you, I'm like, if this happens, I'm in full rebuild because I'm, I'm okay with like, I'm getting trying to shoot for a fast turnaround. Like I've said, since 
last off season, which if you go back and listen to our back catalog, don't remember which one it is, but I specifically said that most likely Dalvin Cook and other players will be off of my roster by this time. Yep. Because I'm trying to cash in on the value that's at hand. Yep. And so in like in our deal, I base I essentially king made you and made you probably one of the top two teams in the league for this year. Hopefully. And I can that's like the boy, plan. Well, you're rolling with friggin' Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady as your top two quarterbacks. Yep. You're rolling with Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook as your top two running backs. Not not gonna even mention Leonard Fournette. Then at wide receiver, we have Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Deonta Johnson, and then just like that. I got, that, I got that's Dallas it. Goddard, um, which you got Dallas Goddard, that's another I, top I'll, six I'll, tight end. I'll, I'll keep them unnamed, but there was another individual that was trying to work a trade regarding a certain tight end, but I felt like this was a better opportunity overall. But you know that that's the way the trade game works. It is so so yes, and the, for those keeping track at home, this is the first trade. That had a lot of implications for me that happens this week. And then, you know, Casey being awesome, doing the Dwight. Wow. Meme, you know, just kind of like <laughs> freaking out. And then all of a sudden it seemed like the league woke up. I started dropping some things. Cameron dropped some stuff. Chaz dropped some players. Yeah. So people are like, okay, all right, we got to get moving here. It's March. Um, <laughs> it's so, so Dayton traded for um, Darnell Mooney and Casey's uh, second over uh, second round pick. In case you received Allen Robinson and Amari Cooper, which I think that's a very good trade for both teams as Dayton is attempting a very similar, I think, mm-hmm. trend that you are, which is somewhat of a quick turnaround, quick rebuild, whatever you want to call it, reboot. Yeah. Uh, and then Casey was going, all right, I need to go all in, but sort of go all in. Well, this is one of those things because whenever Dayton, I was recently on a backpacking trip, so Dayton and I were talking and we both agreed that we're in the same boat to where we feel like we can probably compete. And mind, this was last week, so I only traded Hopkins at this point. But our rosters are at the same point where they're either going to compete and be able to push for a title, or they're not going to make playoffs because a couple injuries will happen or some players won't pan out. And so just he and I just kept talking back and forth and back and forth. And we both came to the conclusion it's like, if we can get the right price for certain players, we're going to ship them out because you'd rather – Rather not be left holding the bag. Yep. And so, like in this trade, like Dayton's getting a young wide receiver with upside and a pick. He's trading away Allen Robinson, who signed to a very good situation. And if they don't sign Odell Beckham, he very well could be second on the team in receiving touchdowns. And I can see him getting like eight, eight to ten, depending on. I mean, it's the Rams. It wouldn't shock me. Further, I think he'll lead the team. And, and Ooh, reception touchdowns. That's that's hot. That's like because I think even ooh. though Cooper Cup will have the receptions, I think Allen Robinson because I think that's where ultimately OBJ's role was going. I mean, if you go back to that Super Bowl, two catches through two yards and a touchdown, yeah. it was headed in that direction. But Cooper Cup had to go into full overdrive and was like, <laughs> okay, I got to have like sixteen catches here mm-hmm. and get my yardage after OBJ's ACL snapped. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like. Allen has that potential. And I think that's kind of where the Rams are going with that, you know, of he has the potential to potentially lead our team and wide receiver touchdowns, because we know that defenses have had nine months to figure out, okay, mm-hmm. we understand that Cooper cup is, you know, the ultimate King maker. He's figuring out these option routes, uh, you know, kazoo, and it's trying to figure out, okay, how do we contain him? And what, what I mean by contain him is, okay, he doesn't need to go off for 13 catches, 138 yards and two touchdowns. How do we limit it to, you know, six catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, you know, limit his exposure and just wow factor, make Matthew throw to another guy. And I think Allen is that guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I definitely think Cooper cup is probably, you know, still the obvious one. You still want him, but Allen Robinson's sneaky. It's either going to be, I think he's going to be like a mid wide receiver too, or he's, gonna bust but um then he also got amari cooper in the trade which i kind of liked because amari cooper is looking to be deshaun watson's number one whenever deshaun watson does eventually start in cleveland and deshaun Wa- yeah and deshaun's <laughs> always heavily targeted as one i mean it was deandre hopkins for a hot minute um and then even the year where he didn't have like you know deandre hopkins anymore he's still pretty much focused down i forgot forget his name off the top of my head but he focused down one receiver on the outside will fuller yeah, it was both fully right. He pretty much focused him down, and 
through the first 12 games before he like pulled a hammy or something or got popped with that PED suspension. <laughs> he was the number four wide receiver in fantasy. It was, it was insane. So if Deshaun Watson is able to play, we'll just I, like, we'll say like worst case scenario, nine games, Mari Cooper is probably still going to be a mid wide receiver too. Right. Just because whatever quarterback's there, they got to throw it to somebody. But that's kind of my looking down. It was, it was a fair and even trade. I, I liked it for both teams. Kind of like you said, yeah, and I feel like with Amari Cooper, and 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 I know we're gonna get into the the weeds and the details in, in further episodes regarding the Browns just in general and that entire saga. Like mm-hmm. we could literally spend two hours. I, hours. I could spend forty hours talking about <laughs> the Browns, Deshaun Watson, Baker, Jarvis Landry, which that's a whole nother. Did you see that he was wanting twenty million dollars a year? Whoever gave him that advice gave him very bad. Yeah, no intent. one's going to pay Jarvis $20 million a year. I'm just, I'm not even sorry to say it. I mean, Christian Kirk got 18 mil average, and they, they're calling that funny money. So I think yeah. in Jarvis's best dreams, he maybe gets maybe three for 15, possibly three for 18 on a good day, and maybe guaranteed 12. Like if and it's I could all in see, the first two years. I could see some team like the Packers ponying up like a – three-year deal for $25 million, but like very heavily backloading it because their cap situation. Oh yeah. No but question. I mean, that's once again, Jarvis Landry got us off track. Sorry. Sorry. Later. No, it's my fault. I brought him up. But you know, and I, I think Amari can do a very good job with uh, if Joe Jacoby Brissett is the, the quarterback because Jacoby is a very serviceable backup QB and being able to hit land or not Landry Cooper on those slant routes and being able to figure out, just be able to get him a lot of targets, which I think that's, what's going to happen in the first couple of weeks. Cause even though Stefanski is Mm -hmm. a run heavy centric offense, he still wants to get that slant game going like he did with Justin Jefferson up in Minnesota. And I think Amari kind of fits that mold of quick hitch, quick slant, bubble screen. Let's get the ball out. Let's get, you know, let's protect our quarterback, you know, move the chains. That's, you know, Kevin Stefanski's bread and butter. And, you know, with Amari, you know, he may be able to score eight to 12 fantasy points on average. Granted, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being very optimistic here for that first six to nine week range, because we still don't know. It could be a six week suspension. It could be a half a year. It could it be a could full year. Ha- I mean, we don't know. And it could not happen. Like let that sink in too. There's a realistic shot that it will not happen. Because technically, if he was proved innocent, there's nothing that he can be tried for other than just being bad mouth. Yeah. 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 And so it's just like, well, I think the NFL will give a suspension because, I mean, imagine the PR nightmare. It already is Um, a PR nightmare. I mean, they're they're losing. They must say screw it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're losing stuff. And then, you know, we were talking pre-show about how the NFL, Roger Goodell is really upset with the Browns because the way that they structured his contract, because they're trying, it's perception. It's perceived that the Browns and Watson are trying to avoid potential Mm -hmm. fines because the way that his contract is set up for 2022. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think Roger Goodell is going, Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's perfectly fine. I think he's going, yeah, go ahead. Let him play this year. And then we'll, you know, we'll uh, say after further review, you know, we're going to suspend him for 2023 and you know, he's going to pay his due. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, that's a possibility too. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but that's a potential option. All we can do is hang out and see what happens or at that point. But Hey, go to like the best thing that just happened. Right. Just happened like 30 minutes ago. And who was involved course, with that, by the, the way? The trade that you king made me. Uh, so you received the number one overall pick in the OG draft. Yay, yay. Um, but at what cost, though? That's the question here. So Kasho sure. received Austin Eckler and Roundtree. La- mm-hmm. Larry Roundtree. Is it Roundtree or Roundtree? Larry Roundtree. Roundtree. Okay. Mizzou grad. So, yeah. So essentially you traded, um, you know, for the number one overall pick for Austin Eckler, which I think this is a great pick for both people. Uh, Cacho is trying to rebuild that team with the top three, top three to four running back and Austin Eckler, you know, Austin is 26. So he's getting right there at his peak of, he's probably got maybe two years left of prime. And you, like you said, get that fast rebuild. I think what you and Dayton are doing is very similar. And it's a good example of the NBA with like the Warriors. Like you guys have your, your quote unquote, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. You're trying to rebuild it with young guys. 
mm-hmm. around it. So I, I think it's a very good model in fantasy to be able to kind of figure out and be like, all right, if I have a 23 or a 24 year old guy, I'm going to build around them and then just put a gobble of yeah. picks around. <clears throat> because so like once again, after our, like, yes, I traded DeAndre Hopkins for Jalen Waddle earlier in the off season. I'm still happy about that, by the way, even though our next piece of news kind of hurts out, but whatever, still stoked about it. The way I looked at my team was I, I have to basically trade out. And the thing is that, you know, I've even said on this podcast a couple of times is if I don't get the price I'm looking for, I'm not selling because I know that with the, those players, I can still compete yet. I'm not so stuck in the mud that if I got offered a good deal, which I feel like I've accepted three good deals for me, that's, I'm going to do it. And so here I've gone from a position of worrying about, like I came into this off season with no first round draft pick this year, no first round pick next year and an aging running back room and an older wide receiver room. Now I'm walking out with the average age on my roster that's starting is 24. And so you, you kind of let that sink in and realize like, okay, so that means with the receivers, such as Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, I very well could have four to six years left at a minimum of just those three guys rocking and rolling and seeing what happens. My running backs, I have Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers as the top two guys right now, which 101 will probably be Brees Hall, just letting everybody know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Currently, uh, because like, so, and they're 20, Cam Akers is 22, Gibson's 23. Yep. And so what I did with my roster is I positioned myself for hurting now, but for long-term success based off of, timing their ages right and stuff like that so and once again don't just trade your older vets for peanuts have a plan in place i came into this offseason with the plan of if i trade one of my big named older stars which eckler is still a star and he'll still be a star for probably two years dalvin cook could still be a star for two years stefan diggs probably three to four years the thing about this is like you have a plan for that it's where if you trade one of them i think you just you ship them all get what you can and start rebuilding today because rebuilding tomorrow always hurts you today. Is that too philosophical? No, yeah. no, I, no. Okay. I think okay. you're moving in the right direction. Congrats okay. on your trade. Thank you. I am stoked about it. And congrats to you, Cacho, getting out there, making some trades. Good for you, man. Yeah, no, I mean, and the thing that even I will say, and I'll put myself on a line here is like, I think his team's better than we think. The off season has been kind to him. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's going to win, like get to playoffs, but it's stepping in the right direction because now you look, he's got Joe Burrow and then he's got Austin Eckler and Chase Edmonds. Edmonds just signed a deal to start in Miami. Most likely wide receivers. He's got promise galore. Cause he's got Rashad Bateman. He's got Gabe Davis. He's got Michael Gallup. He's got Tim Patrick who just got Russell Wilson, Calvin Ridley. If slash when he decides to come back in 2024, whatever he might be, he's still going to be a decent guy. You could probably have on a roster. So, I mean, it's not like it's hot garbage. And like I said, it's not the best in the world, but it's a starting spot. It's, it's about something competing. to continue growing. Yeah, it's that's what growing it's all about. It's, so. you know, are, are you willing to put in the work, try to figure out how to make your team competitive? And that's exactly what Cacho is doing. So kudos to him. I appreciate yeah. that. That's awesome. All righty. So moving from the OG Dynasty League, uh, we're moving over to Stranger Danger, which has been kind of a, a chuckle in a, a lot of real world <laughs> craziness. So we have a C Bruce trading for Marquise Brown and the doctor receiving a second round pick and a third round pick in this year's draft rookie draft. So, you know, there's starting to start. We're starting to see the rivalry here between Conrad Judd <laughs> and C Bruce. So I really do appreciate that Conrad we're, we're building these groups and then out of nowhere. So we can either jump into the trade yeah, we, we can move on to the, the next case. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're moving into the oh, next thing here. Well, we'll I will say, oh, hold on. I got one thing last I'm going to say. Because with all the trades that I've done, so this was what was on my roster before I started trading people. It was DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Austin Eckler, Stephon Diggs. I just listed probably five of those, four of those five names I just listed, probably top five at their positions. And DeAndre Hopkins, probably top 15 you know, in, in fantasy terms. Right. The return I got was Waddle, Gibson, DJ Moore, 101, 107, 2023, one. For me, a quick rebuild, I couldn't ask for better. And so that's just, once again, you know, living our fantasy lives from football, the standpoint on podcast, 
those were deals that I wanted for my team to have a good turnaround while it also is benefiting other teams in the short term. There you go. So once Jimmy Johnson said this and it's, it's loosely quoted, but half the job is getting the picks. It's about making the pick, getting the players with the picks. Yep. So now the real work begins of evaluating, yeah. trying to figure out how is this going to work? All I'm worried about you know, is, is, who is it gossip goes and to? people are blowing smoke, AKA Blake Bortles, no offense, buddy. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the real thing of, all right, which guy is going to skyrocket up the board because, you know, he looked great in board shorts as he mm-hmm. pressed 225, 35 times. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like that's an honest question there. Uh, what do you, what do you feel about this trade here? So see Bruce gets Marquise Brown, which I think is a, a good pickup there. He's a non-zero mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then the doctor gets a couple of picks to be able to kind of rebuild on the back half, maybe build some depth there. I don't really fault either player for this move because I feel like getting Marquise Brown is for that price. Like, cause I remember says like, I was like, wow, I knew if that was a price, even I would have tried to trade for him and right. I'm not the biggest fan because with Marquise Brown, it's either going to be a super hit and he's going to kind of ascend and be a slightly undersized speed demon streaking down the field, catching passes, unless Lamar overthrows him about three yards every time. Um, Sorry, I had to do it. It's been a while. But I think it was a good deal because either Marquise Brown's going to hit and, you know, um, C. Bruce is going to love every – C. Bruce got him, right? Brucey boy got Marquise? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Brucey's going to love it because he's got a potential wide receiver too. But at the same time, the investment that he put into it, which was a second and a third round pick, that's like not going to sink you. Yeah, I mean, it's – the price was about even, I feel like, because with the boom-bust nature of Marquise Brown, I feel like um, the doctor got a solid deal with it, and I also feel like uh, Bruce just kind of added that young depth piece to his roster. So, I mean, it's whatever it is. It's whatever you're looking for, but I, I approve. Thumbs up to both of you. All righty, so from that – trade we move into the chaos that occurred in the real nfl so tyreek hill was traded from the kansas city chiefs for five draft picks let me repeat that traded for five draft picks to the miami dolphins a 2022 first round pick this year six round pick and a fourth round pick plus a fourth and a six round pick in the 2023 draft um, the Dolphins are also giving Hill a four-year, $120 million extension that is $72.2 million guaranteed, also including $52 million at signing. So he That's now hard. becomes the highest paid wide receiver at $30 mil per year, just $2 million over versus what Devontae Adams was at. I believe it was $28 million or $28.5. Either way, I think it was something like that. He's making more than Devontae, so he's now the highest paid wide receiver. Jacob. Our resident Dolphins fan, how do you feel about this? They had draft capital. They went for it. You know, this time last year we were talking about that they were going to trade for Deshaun Watson and Brian Flores and that defense were going to be amazing. Now it's flipped. It's talking about the offense. We have quarterbacks. We have wide receivers. And then there's a little bit of a scuttlebuttle in the Stranger uh, Stranger Danger Dynasty that I thought a duel was going to happen at, at, at dawn. I was waiting a couple. for it. I was, I was hoping for it, honestly. Like, I wanted Between to have Two of our members. But so my thing with this is the first reaction, I kind of freaked out a little bit because I felt like it was a lot Mm -hmm. because like, I mean, I'm looking at right now, they gave up a first round pick this year, second round pick this year, fourth round pick this year, then a fourth round pick next year and a sixth round pick next year. And I was like, wow, that's a crap ton. That's way too much. Tyree kill, you know, you had waddle and it doesn't really fit and blah, blah, blah. You're not ready to contend just, you know, this year. But then I realized we still have two first round picks next year. So with that being said, I like it. Yep. It makes me happy as a Jalen Waddle manager makes me a little sad, but as we saw in the, it's not even a message board. It was more like a ranting board at this point, which I loved. I, I love it. This is exactly why I, I joined for this. So, but like, so like for instance, as a Dolphins fan, I'm here for it because I felt like, yes, we gave up a lot. However, we still have a lot of picks left in the cupboard. Oh, yeah. And so, and I feel like what this front office is saying is they're get, looking to a dead in the eye and saying, dude, you have zero excuse. 
this is your last year or with one of our two first round picks next year, your replacement's coming in hot. Because, I mean, if you're one of the teams in the top five of the draft next year, say it's like that, you know, say it's Tua has an average at best year. What's going to stop them from trading, you know, one or two, one or both of those picks and Tua for, you know, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or whatever the top quarterback is next year. Yeah, trade one one Alabama quarterback for another upgrade. I, I think that's exactly the route they're going to go, and I think that's what they're going to tell them because yeah, it's either that or he's a less expensive version of Jimmy G. No offense to Jimmy G, but that's kind of how I'm feeling it is right now of, you know, but I, I even I would even take Jimmy G over to at this point, because at least with Jimmy G, I know that he can lead that shit, mm-hmm. be able to at least have them competitive, get them to a playoff, some type of format based on the play calling to think Mike McDaniels is fully capable of being able to do. But with the offensive firepower he now has an Edmonds, Hill, Waddle, like we've discussed, Gisecki, and then being able to have that depth that they now have on, on the back end, it's it's like, very interesting. There's no excuses anymore for two. It's it's no. your what is it, year three or year four? This three. is year three. This is year three. This is the time. This is make or break. I mean, they could be, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up here, but there's potential there that they could be the Cincinnati Bengals of 2022. No, I I definitely see that. And that's the thing. And why I think the front office made this move is they're not gonna they obviously didn't trade for Deshaun. No, because after they let go of Brian Flores, who apparently was a proponent of bringing in Deshaun. Yeah. And they didn't, they've signed all the people that they have and the pieces they have, like, you know, Teron Armstead signed there. They made him the highest paid left tackle. Right. They have now have Tyreek Hill. Um, they've signed some defensive um, additions. And so I look at this team, just like you said, it wouldn't shock me. This team surprises the world and ends up going like 11 and six, 12 and five, even just because you look at the makeup of that team. I feel like they can beat pretty much anybody, but it's depending on Tua. Because if they end up being seven and ten or eight and nine, it's most likely going to be because Tua was average at best, and they'll know it's like okay, we know what we have. Let's get someone else in here. Yeah, no, absolutely, so, I, I completely agree with that. Now, on the other end, because it's very similar to what the Packers a- are doing, you throw, you know, you draft or sorry, you trade away mm-hmm. your number one wide receiver, your number one playmaker for your top top elite quarterback, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes. I think this is where Patrick Mahomes makes his money because so far it's been Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Tyreek Hill show with a a plunder of rotating running backs. They've been able to prove that, a.k.a. Clyde Edward Hilaire, Damian Williams, uh, Jarek McKinnon, you name it, they've had it, uh, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams and Damian Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've had, you know, a, a roundabout group of running backs so jacob my question to you is is what type of hit does this team take because it's not like the afc west is getting any easier we've discussed how the chargers are loading up because they know this is their third year or sorry yeah this is their third mm-hmm. year with justin herbert so it's a big year for them too the raiders traded for Devonte adams you have josh mcdaniels and that offense coming in there and then russell wilson coming to the broncos i mean here's my realistic question because you know we would assume that kansas city would be contenders right Mm-hmm. On that offense, outside of Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who do you have any measure of confidence with? Remember, they did just sign. We'll go and Juju, say they signed yeah. Ronald Jones. Yeah. They signed Juju. They signed Marquez Valdez Scantling. But you're going to put faith in Juju, who he flourished with an elite number one receiver on yeah. the other side of him. Yeah. Now I don't care if they have Travis Kelsey. Is he the elite number one or is he going to be the juju we've seen the past couple of years where he couldn't compete whenever coverages went to him? Because when push comes to shove, he's just an oversized slot receiver. And he's proved that to us the past couple of years. He yeah. can't play outside. He can't get off of press coverage. We've seen it. He he's been taking him to stands. Williams. He's a terrific number two. Yeah. And so and as, there's nothing wrong with that because you need terrific number twos. Yeah. You need to have like good other receiving, good other options. You need a Tyler Boyd to your Jamar chase or and T so, Higgins to your Jamar chase. And so, oh, he said Jamar. Sorry. And so you Stop look at this over there. I do what I want. You did, you did get red there. You're getting a little flustered. <laughs> a little excited thinking about Jamar. Woohoo. My man catching 20 touchdowns next year. Anyways. Cause you look at that offense, you downgrade Pat Mahomes. You upgrade Travis Kelsey because 
who left in town? I mean, honestly, like I'm not going to move Juju too high. I'm not going to, you know, vault Marquez Valdez Scantling anywhere. Right. Clyde Edwards O'Leary's a mess. That backfield's just all over the place. I mean, this is an offense. I think that depending on what we see them do in the draft, I think is primed to bust. Yes, oh, it's a I can't saucy, wait for the draft but now. It's going to be so good because that back half of that draft, it's going to be like wide receiver, wide receiver, it's wide receiver, back running half. back. They're going to trade up. Everyone's going to be trading up because they're going to say, oh, crap, we see what's happening. But yeah. so that's why I feel like, you know, you, you look at that Kansas City offense on a whole, it's taken a couple steps back. I mean, because there's no like, for instance, who would you rather have on a roster today? Juju Smith-Schuster or Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Remember, they both signed to the chiefs juju was a one-year deal marquez was a three-year deal but they're both on the chiefs and could be pat mahomes number one wide receiver but number two target like i would, would you rather have i would rather have juju because he has at least proven himself more of a component inside the offense but i also don't know i don't know if we know everything that there is to know about marquez valdez scanton stanton Scantling? Scantlin. You can say due, MVS if it makes your life MVS easier. due to the fact of, sorry, I'm having trouble with <laughs> You're okay. due to the fact of that Aaron Rodgers, you know, loved Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And the fact that they kept catching the ball, it's no fault on him or, you know, with Lazard out there. So I don't know if we know everything we know with him, you know, and maybe it's one of those things of the fact of that he's now going to be able to step into a more responsible role in the mm-hmm. offense and i know andy reed is going to draw it up him and eric bianima they're going to go in the lab and they're going to figure this out because i'm sure eric reed is somewhere is or it's not eric reed i mean that might as well be what it is <laughs> andy reed is chuckling probably having a cheeseburger being like they have no freaking clue what i'm about to unleash because With you do mvs and and a couple of uh, lug nuts like that's how this offense is going to be put together <laughs> like right now the wide receiver who's getting paid the most on that team is me hardman Mm-hmm. Let that one sink in and hit you real quick. Jeez. And so the thing about this offense that we don't know that we'll just have to listen to summer hype pieces, see what happens in training camp, see what happens in the draft is whoever the – like there's value to be had, but Mikkel Hardman's always shined when Tyreek was gone. Yep. Juju's played with doo-doo quarterbacks the past couple of years, including Ben Roethlisberger. I have no regrets, Bruce. There's Corey Coleman. They signed him, former Baylor great. Josh Gordon's back. It's his second year or third year in the system. They have a guy they drafted uh, last season also on the roster. So, I mean, it's interested. I just – I I can't trust any of them. But if I had to choose one, I'm taking Michael Hardman because why not? We've seen him be good with Ty- when Tyreek was gone. Some would say a possible group of misfits. Ha, 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 like you guys listening. Ha, nerds. <laughs> there we Kay. go. One last question before we move on. Okay. Are they now the third best team in their division? Because you have the Chargers. Oh, that's, that's you have toughie. the Broncos. You have the Chiefs and the Raiders. <laughs> oh. I, because like the Chargers, they have Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan oh, Allen, Justin yeah. Herbert. They have um, Khalil Mack on their defense. Joey Bosa, Derwin James. They have a plethora of Kenneth Murray. Yeah, Kenneth Murray. Their corners are solid. Then you have Denver. We've been saying since offseason last year, they're a quarterback away because now they have Javante Williams, one of the better offensive lines, one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. They're adding pieces. Then yeah. you have Kansas City. They just lost Tyreek. Tyron Matthew is still roaming around. Then you I've, have the Raiders. They just got Devontae Adams. They traded for a cornerback. I, I, mean, I think there's a possibility the Kansas City Chiefs will make the playoffs as the third i i think no no i I backtrack nope i I still think there's a second best they'll they'll be the second best i don't see them winning the division this year see i hot take alert third best team behind the chargers the broncos and then the chiefs and there's nothing wrong with that because the third best team in the nfc west was 12 and 5 Yep. So everyone just sit down. Okay. It's going to be a great division. Yep. That's the, I'm so excited to see what happens with the players and just the overall NFL, like viewing terms like that division, those divisional games better be in the primetime slot every freaking week, or I will be upset. You know, Very it's going to be upset. like a four o'clock kickoff on CBS that we're going to be blacked out and not be able to see because I will throw up. 
I will genuinely throw up because this is the best division I think football has seen in a long time. So hashtag grow the show so that way we can get NFL Sunday tickets so we can do our job. (laughs) If you want us to keep bringing great content, we need to be able to hashtag grow the show. So thank you to everybody. All righty, let's see here. So a couple couple items here we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. So Rojo did sign with Kansas City uh, along with MBS, so we talked about that. And then a little tidbit here, Leonard Fournette re-signed with Tampa Bay, teaming up back up with Tampa Bay. So, Jacob, you know, you told me Leonard Fournette was going to have a terrific year, which he did. He was a top, uh, I believe, six running back. Let's say top ten running back in fantasy last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With the loss of some of the offensive linemen and the fact that that offense is kind of restructuring a little bit, even though the the pillars are still in place, do you see Leonard Fournette having that same type of top six, top eight running back in fantasy in 2022? I see him having every opportunity to, but because they have lost two of their primo offensive linemen, I think it's going to have to come more through the passing game than will the rushing game. Because remember, Last season, he had a couple games where he was just able to rip off a couple of long runs. And, um, like, for instance, like, here's a game in Miami. He had 12 carries for 67 yards, which means he had a five and a – like, over 5.6 yards per carry. But I remember that game, and I remember it was based off of two runs where the offensive line just ripped open a gaping trucker-wide hole. Right. And so the thing about him that I'm the most concerned about is that ability because he is 27 – yeah, he's got a couple years of use on him. And remember, like three years ago, everyone was freaking out about how his ankle was always hurt. Right. I think he'll still be fine. I still think he'll be a top 15 running back on like his floors 15, just because I think Tom Brady and is slinging the ball to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, I think that's going to give him plenty of scoring opportunities. But I think he has become more touchdown dependent than he was last season. Yes. So because James Conner-esque, where it's like he needs 18 touchdowns. They're to the same player season. wearing slightly different jerseys. Okay. Okay. There's your there's your comp there on that. Okay. All right. So let's finish up here with a little bit of fun news real quick. Um, I think this would be awesome to have in the NFL. So a little bit USFL discussion. Hot. Love it. It's coming Hot on like take. April 22nd, right? Yes, yes. Uh, can we contact them while they're still like a fledgling business and be a sponsor? Because I would love it. It would it would be great. So a couple of the rules that they have here that they're implementing is they're going to have three-point tries. So listen to this, Jacob. So they're going to have one, two, or three-point tries. So an extra point is the same as it is in the NFL, kick from the 15-yard line. A two-point conversion that will take place from the two-yard line. And then they're introducing a three-point try, which will take place from the 10-yard line. If a team is successfully scores on the play, they'll be awarded three points, which means that a team can score as many as nine points after a touchdown. So this has huge ramifications, not only from a fantasy standpoint, because you know we're going to have changed the rules there and also about punt return yardage. I know, I was just making a joke there. That was a bad <laughs> joke. Um and then also, of course, gambling implications, because if you're trying to pick a line, yeah. it's like, well, crap, they're going for three. They're going for three every freaking time. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, oh, I hate my kicker. We're not going to take it from the 10-yard. You know, we can't be able to kick a field goal. You know, they'll be able to try it up. So that's a very interesting ad. How do you think it, it's going to play out? I think, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be great. It's going to make me want to watch it more because I'm curious to see how it works. Like, I know that obviously we're football addicts, so we're going to watch it anyways. I mean, I was literally watching rugby the other day when we were out to eat with some friends, and I was thinking, man, that's so close to football. I can almost taste it. I'll send you some links for the indoor football league. Um, there's Ooh, one here, here right down it. the right down the road in Frisco. So uh, I'm here for it. You know, but... your boy's going to try to hit up a game this year. <laughs> but I'm just super interested to see how it pans out. I'm just interested to see, and I hope that this league can survive because I want it to be a for USFL. Like a <laughs> yeah, well, I want it to be like USFL versus XFL, like, champion because they're gonna be playing at basically the same time right because i just am waiting for because that happens and they become one league and then we all just have year-round football and everybody's happy and then a couple other uh rule implement implications that they're using is the on onside kick alternative so i believe this was tried in the af uh the american alliance football league which is a fourth and 12th play fourth mm-hmm. and 12 play from the 33 yard line they get the 12 yards, they can keep keep the ball. So 
Uh, it's very interesting. I believe they tried out in the Pro Bowl is what they're saying. The NFL tried out in the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl. It was a fourth and 15 play from their own 25-yard line. So I think that could be very interesting there. And then unlike the NFL, the clock will stop following a first down during the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarters. According to the league, this should create more offensive plays during the end of the half. I bet Dak Prescott would have liked that last year. Oh, but yeah. he would have liked that, that a lot. That, that would have been great. <laughs> Sorry, I had to... Jab, twist. Ah, thanks. Thanks a lot. I was You're just welcome. getting over that. Um, Bring it back up. Repress memory. <laughs> and then the last rule that they're using here, overtime shootout. Yeah, you heard that correctly. So the USFL overtimes will fe- feature a best of three scoring format where each offense will get the ball at the opponent's two-yard line. If the two teams are... Uh, still tight after three attempts overtime will go into sudden death so that uh that sounds pretty interesting i wish that would have happened for i believe it was the penn state illinois game that went into seven overtimes oh yes it just turned into two point tries and it was like all right who has the better two point trick plays and i'm like this is ridiculous so that could be interesting a best of three play it, it reminds me very much of a uh, dodgeball be like they got the ball sudden death <laughs> sudden death like like it's on the peace stain yeah. blindfold. God. Like like couldn't you that see movie. that like Joe Buck and Troy Aitman now might not football. Uh, <laughs> All right. So uh the umpire is coming out there and be like, yes, the player was offside. So we'll now go into sudden death. <laughs> you have Ben Stiller walk out and Vince Vaughn high five and just walk back to tunnels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they uh that that's one of the things I think Roger Goodell, he's just like. You know, he's just sitting around. I see him. He's probably like an old school guy. He's just like eating peanuts. He's like, you know what? You know what we need? More flamethrowers. We need more explosions inside the stadium. That's how we're going to get attendance back up. Sudden death. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'd be here for it. You have flamethrowers at the top of the uprights. Every time a field goal goes through, flames at the top. Call us NFL. We got good ideas here. Yeah. Sponsor us too. <laughs> or slightly off kilter, whichever you prefer. It's fun. Alrighty, and then this one is the last fun one here, and then we'll we'll go to a commercial break. The Detroit Lions have been chosen for Hard Knocks training camp, and the reason I say Hard Knocks training camp because apparently there was an in season. I just got HBO Max a few months ago. I haven't had a chance to watch the Colts because, well, it's the Colts. No offense, <laughs> to the Colts or Carson Wentz. I, I kind of saw what happened, but they had an in season Hard Knocks, which I thought was kind of cool, doing week by week. So that's the reason it's called hard knocks during training camp. But yeah, the Detroit Lions. So Jacob, my question to you is our fan favorite, one of our uh, buddies, Matt Campbell, Mr. Two Venti. How many Captain times kneecaps. do you think they're going to have a reference to Venti or kneecaps in episode one? Over first under off, six. First off, I'm going to start calling him Papa Patella because kneecaps are the patella bone in your body. So everyone's welcome for your anatomy lesson. B, I'm going to take the over because they're probably going to make it a point and you're just going to see like, eight empty venti cups sitting on his desk and he's just going to look at people like shaking with his eyes kind of twitching a little bit dan right. are you okay i'm great how are you football oh, i've been calling him matt campbell the iowa state head coach i've done that in the last couple episodes and i just realized it i did too but yeah it's fine um yeah because i'm hoping they do the uh the intro where it's like da 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 and he's like drawing out plays or whatever you see the the board and it's like a see-through of like him going because it's you know like one of the plastic ones you just see him picking up the starbucks venti it just the the play is deandre get get dan venti period it's just an eye formation halfback die (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right Alrighty. Well, with that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll have a couple of more little tidbits here on this wacky, wacky adventure we call Misfit Fantasy Football. Alrighty. Welcome back to the Misfit Fantasy Football podcast. This is episode six of season two, hashtag episode 79 for the, for the OGs out there keeping count. And I'm not referring to just the OG Dynasty League, but to our, our family, our, our extended Misfit family. Uh, We're all you. gross together. It's great. <laughs> yep. All righty, Jacob, what are, what are we talking about on this, the second half here? I, I literally just found out. So, so we kind of done. thought it'd be interesting if we just did some dynasty keep trade cut. Um, we're going to be using fantasy pros rankings that they have. And then just to kind of cross reference it with 
um, Keep Trade Cuts actual website because that's a website. Keep Trade Cuts a game. It's kind of like, you know, Kiss, Mary Kill. It's like that game, except it's with fantasy players and it's less violent. So exactly. But. Exactly. I like where your head's going. <laughs> so would you like to do it by position or just by overall? Yes. No. Um, <laughs> uh, overall. Overall. All right. So here is the first kind of trifecta of players that I see that I think is a good conversation that all happen to be in the same position. You have to keep, trade, or cut Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers, Derek Henry. And we'll just say you're a middle of the road team trying to make up your mind which way you're going. Okay. So I'm I'm keeping Cam Akers. I'm trading Derrick Henry for value and I am cutting Saquon. Yep. Yep. See, that was an easy one because I agree with that entirely. Cam Akers is, even though he's he's the youngest and has the most potential, right? He's now. the youngest. And even though he had an Achilles injury, like I will keep floating it out there. I think part of the reason why he wasn't very spry looking in the offseason, A, the amazing run defense he's played against. B, he didn't have any conditioning because he literally finished his rehab on his Achilles. And Sean, um, Sean McVay was like, okay, here's 30 touches in the first game you're back. Yep. Homeboy is just tired. He wasn't ready. But now you give him a full offseason worth of work. And I feel like he's going to be primo and ready. Oh, for yeah. A good, good role. Um, Derek Henry, yeah, he scares the crap out of me. Trade him while you can get value. And you you could get a lot of value. I mean, you just saw what you got for Dalvin Cook, and I would you and I would both agree Derrick Henry's a better running back right now than Dalvin Cook. I disagree with that statement. Okay, I know because fight. Been- nope, go say it. You brought it up. Let's do it. Conversation. Go. Why is Derrick Henry better than Dalvin Cook? Um, he he's been the number one running back the last three years. He's he's had perennial. I mean, he ran for over two thousand yards. And he was on pace for doing it again last year till he, you know, he was the offense till it went away. So he did what now last year? Huh? Hey, now huh? Dalvin Cook had huh? his injuries too. Don't act like he did it. But he played through one with the device on his shoulder and ran for 200 something yards and had, or almost, no, it was 200 yards and he should have like three touchdowns, but he didn't. He was tired by the time he got down there from carrying the team. I would exactly. say Dalvin, that's what Derrick Henry's been doing for three years. And Derrick Henry is also DC Austin Hicks. <laughs> Derrick Henry is also how old? He's like he's 27, right? 28. All right, he's perfect. Perfect. Home slice is getting up there in age. How old is Dalvin Cook? 26. Okay. I will take Dalvin Cook every time because he gets receptions. Mm-hmm. And even though you are correct, he has a spotty history with injuries. He has averaged at least 14 games in the past three years. Each of those years, Whenever he has played at least 14 games, except for last season, he's been a top 15 running back anyways. I know that Derrick Henry was still top 15 running back after only playing eight games last year or whatever. But my argument is home slice is going to be 29 by the end of the year. That breakdown will happen fast, real fast. And as a guy who only relies on just sheer size and power, when that disappears, he disappears. There you go. All right, Boom. we'll agree to disagree on that one. No. Uh, let us know in the chats, people. Yep. Let us know. Hit us up. All right, so let's – and then we both agreed Saquon gets cut, and I don't know if that's necessarily because of his talents or the production he's had. I think it's more so telling of his just situation he has going on with the Giants and the G-men. It's I think, the Grossman. I think for me it's just because currently – I would rather have K-Makers on a roster than Saquon. I would rather have Derrick Henry on my roster than Saquon. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to the trade part, you can get more for Derrick Henry at the moment than you can for Saquon. At least yep. in my head you can. Yep. Because like you said, Derrick Henry, we've seen it. Saquon, well, we haven't seen it like three years. Right. And you know how I feel about Saquon. I mean, let's – I mean, I don't want to drudge up history or anything, but the – uh the building draft of the odd 21 year um, for my team. And I auto draft Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah. It kind of ruined my life. So it looked great to me, but I mean, the, <laughs> and the thing about Saquon is he is still 25. If you still wanted to go like, see what kind of offer it would take to get him on your team. I don't mind that because there is still a chance he does something, but with that trio of players, he is the one I want the least. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that based on who else is in that group. All right, so we'll, we'll scroll down a little bit. We'll get a little, little slightly different. So we'll go from the aspect of a single quarterback league. Would you rather have 
we'll say Josh Jacobs, Justin Herbert, Amari Cooper. Keep trade cut. Oh man. So- Remember, we'll saying we're saying single quarterback because obviously if it's super flex, Justin Herbert by a mile and a half. Yeah. So Josh Jacobs, Justin Herbert, and who? Amari Cooper. Um, I'm keeping oof, keeping yep. Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. I'm trading Justin Herbert and I'm cutting Amari Cooper. Yeah, no, I'm in lockstep with you. I, I no, I'll, I'll say I'm keeping, I'm say I'll say I'm keeping Justin Herbert trading Josh Jacobs and then cutting Amari Cooper. Okay. So I think where we might differ is I see Justin Herbert as 10 year security at quarterback, right? You don't have to worry about it. He's just there. Yep. And you don't blink running backs have like three to five career career windows. Yep. So for Josh Jacobs, I feel like I could trade to get value to get a younger running back plus a pick or the pick could be the running back. Right. In order to kind of recoup that. And then Cooper's just the oldest guy of the bunch and he has the most variability surrounding him. Which is insane to think about that a dude that's like 24, you're already thinking I need to get rid of him. But it makes complete logical sense because you have dudes that are coming in at 20 who, mm-hmm. who played two years in college and then potentially sat because we see the formula now. Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, you, you're going to have players that are doing that, especially as the NIL continues. You're going to have players that play two years yep. or they'll sit the first year, figure out where they want to trans- transfer to to make more money and then play that ultimate year, that contract year, so to speak, to be able to get that ultimate draft pick status. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that, and that's why, um, you know, one of the podcasts is now a sponsor that I occasionally listen to dynasty nerds with every running back. They say you have a two to three year window at the, whenever you're there at peak value, trade them. doesn't matter when just get rid of them. And so like, while I agree to that, to some extent, I'm not going to sit here and say that's true all the time, which right. they don't, they don't say that either, but still it's like, I feel like a running back has more usability, but for a dynasty roster, you start thinking, when yeah, you start thinking once he has 24, 25, if he hasn't popped by then, but he still has value, you might trade. And so, like, that's why I feel like I get rid of Josh Jacobs in the current moment, even though there's nothing wrong. And I think he's actually gonna have a great year. I Man, yeah. my other projections have him, I think it's top seven, which is a little gross. And that was before Devontae Adams popped on. So it just kind of is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's that's my stance, dang it. I'm sticking to it, can't change my mind word okay let's let's scroll down let's get let's get a little let's little, let's get into the nitty-gritty here jacob let's get a little risque with it okay would you rather have cole commit your shirt on <laughs> cole commit the tie-in for the browns okay kenny gainwell backup running back for the eagles or we'll say kenny galladay oh so cole commit tight end yeah gainwell backup running back for the eagles and then Kenny Galladay and getting up there in age, but still we've seen him be great before. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so Kenny Galladay, man, he's, he's burnt me though, but I, I want to keep him. I think he still has some value. I'm going to trade Kenneth Gainwell because I know that I can get some good value for him now. I feel like, and then cut Cole commit. Explain. So with Galladay, he's had a couple of good years, and I feel like right now the way that you can explain it is he's just in a really not great situation passing game-wise with the Giants based on his offensive coordinator with Jason Garrett. But I now feel like who's who's the head coach now up there? Oh, uh, Brian Brian Dayball. Yeah, 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 that guy. I I think having Dayball – well, I – Anyways, I knew of the shadow. I just couldn't <laughs> think of the name. I knew the anyways, you know, and Dayball's offense is, you know, they had that primary wide receiver, which I feel like him and Sterling Shepard are going to go at war about that. Yeah. And he wants to figure out how to get da- uh, Daniel Jones into a rhythm. And so I feel like with that aspect, I think Kenny Gainwell or Galladay has more potential there. Whereas Kenneth Gainwell everyone's needing running backs all the time. So if you're able to find value there, if you have running backs in your, if you're in a military group, if you're trying to push your way up or push your way down, so to speak, mm-hmm. Kenneth Gadewell can be that trade ship. 
And then with Cole Komet, he's just not a top 10 or top 12 tight end. So I cut him and don't think twice about it. He's a great, you know, maybe backup option for tight end when you have a bye week. But outside of that, I don't really see value right now. See, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm, I'm going to say like that I would keep Cole Komet. Um, okay. That I would trade Kenny Gall or Kenny Gainwell and then cut Kenny Galladay. My okay. statement by saying I'd keep Cole Komet, and by the way, you made some excellent points. Like, I agree with everything. I just think for me, I see the upside of Cole Komet because we did see Justin Fields start to connect with Cole Komet towards the end of last season. I think he had a okay. couple of games where he had five catches. Okay. Um, and so, and when it comes to tight end, it's already a land of haves and have-nots. So yep. why would you not want, like, from my perspective, I'd rather hold on to the guy who I've seen have some upside just because, I mean, because right now in Chicago, it's Darnell Mooney and then who? Cole Komet. David Montgomery. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I mean, like, and I would say. That, potentially Brees Hall. Ooh. Um, no, do not put Ooh. that on Brees Hall. <laughs> Get that out of your mouth right now. But I feel like Cole Komet has a chance to be the second target in that offense. Right. And getting that kind of target share, he's immediately a top eight tight end. I know it's not hard to do, but if you're telling me my tight end's getting me six points a week in most dynasty formats. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I'm stoked. Okay. Oh, yeah. No question. Then I agree with you with Kenny Gainwell. You can trade him because running backs are always needed and wanted, even though they're a diamond dozen. It's a very weird conundrum, the running back position is, if you think about it. Yep. Everybody wants them, but yet when you have them, you want to get rid of them. But it's like produce. Yeah. Very, Everyone's yes. like, oh, I need more vegetables. And then when they get them, it's like, crap, I got to okay, eat that now or else it's going to go bad. <laughs> and then I cut Kenny G just because I feel like that offense scares the bejesus out of me, even though uh, he could. Oh, yeah, I mean, no question. He could be all right. All right, so we'll do one more. Um, we're going to do it from a super flex standpoint. Ooh. All right. Yeah, we're going to get a little saucy. We're, 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 Jacob, you want to explain go... to the folks at home, what does super flex mean? Super flex means you have the option to start a quarterback in a flex position. So basically it's a two quarterback league. It's just, you have the option to start any other position. That's what makes it super y'all. <laughs> He's tired. So am I. <laughs> what gave right, it so, away? The lazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we'll get real, real crazy with it. Keep trade cut. Super flex. Jonathan Taylor. Justin Herbert. Jamar Chase. Oh, keep trade cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see those eyes thinking. All right. So Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert, and Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Oh man. All right. I am keeping Justin Herbert. I am trading Jamar Chase. Oh, and I am dropping Jonathan Taylor. Oh, snap. I am. Let me hear the goodness. <laughs> so this is how the thought process goes on that. So obviously in a super flex, you need Justin Herbert. That's it's no question. I, I don't even think about the other two because you need two, two quarterbacks. We discussed this in, in pre-show my potential dire situation and a few of my <laughs> super flexes where true. In, in a league of that there's, well, obviously we've never had a year like this in free agency, but the fact that we did with the quarterback carousel and all the different moving, moving variables, a quarterback is like the franchise. They're their own like company CEO. You need a quarterback to be able to succeed in, mm -hmm. in this league and having a guy like Justin Herbert, like you said, you put him in the flex, he's going to be there for the next 10 to 15 years. You don't even think about it. But so would Jamar Chase. I agree. But I feel like there's more value with Justin Herbert right now over Jamar Chase by like a fraction. Yeah. Like it's it's a sliver. Now with Jamar Chase, this is where I get kind of goofy with it because just of our love and passion True. and just like maniacal uh, stocking of the gentleman known as Jamar Chase. Oh, because so, I so feel like... Goodness even though that you could get a lot of value from Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, I think you're going to get more value from Jamar chase, depending on who, who you get as a fantasy manager to be able to trade. And it doesn't really matter who you pick because it's all about comes down to the two individuals that are trading. 
Mm-hmm. I think you can get more value for Jamar Chase over Jonathan Taylor, simply for the fact of you have more longevity potential out of Jamar Chase. You have the potential of the next eight to 10 years with Jamar Chase, whereas Jonathan Taylor, you may get a max of three to five years. Keep 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 saying good things about Jamar Chase being on rosters for eight to 10 years because you're going to watch it, baby. <sighs> I know, but, that, but that's what I'm <laughs> saying. And the fact of that he had an NFL rookie. All-time. All time. Yeah. And he beat his, you know, his, his ex teammate, Justin Jefferson last year's Mark. And I know people are going to say, but what about defense and everything? People forget Tyler Boyd and T Higgins is still on that team. And Joe Burrow ain't going nowhere, especially now as they rebuilt that wall known as the offensive line. Yes, they did. So even though the competition is going up, this is only the beginning. Like Jamar and Joe are going to have that much more in sync. I mean, you saw it between Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup but you saw what having that college chemistry, college chemistry and being able to build it in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it working and being successful. It takes you to the brink of a Super Bowl into the end of the fourth quarter with a garbage (laughs) offensive line with a defense that's been pretty suspect all year. So like, and Jamar putting up 200 yard seasons. And I'm not saying uh, because we've talked about how Indianapolis uh, is the Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor's still give me, give me wrong. Jonathan Taylor is a perennial top running back, but I'm not taking him over Jamar and Justin Herbert in this situation where it is a super flex. And it's all about situation. It's all about situational awareness, trying to figure out, okay, where am I at? What are we doing? Why am I here? How are we going about it? And, and and that's how, that's how you answer it. And I think depending on if it was you and me, I'm going to give you a buttload for Jamar chase. And I think I'm going to give you more yeah. for Jamar over Jonathan Taylor. And that that's my thought process on that. It may be some Jamar chase bias, but I don't care. Sue us. I, I mean, it's our, don't, please don't sue us. We Actually. No yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. No uh, one listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, screw it. I mean, it's our podcast. It's, you know, take it, take it or leave yeah. it. Put it in the comment comment section. There you go. So I'm right here with you because keep trade cut on their super flex rankings. This is based off of public perception of players, basically off of, you know, Millions yep. of data points. Yep. Currently, Superflex overall, John, Justin Herbert, number three. Jamar Chase, number four. Jonathan Taylor, number five. Yep. And if I'm in the same situation and I have to trade one, I I would trade Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> oh, my God. I would keep Jamar and I would cut Jonathan Taylor because exactly what you said with Jonathan Taylor. Amazing player. And if you're in this situation in any dynasty league, A, you're not in position to be trading these players, so don't. B, just hold on to them and be happy that you run the league for the next decade. C, Jonathan Taylor's life expectancy to running back comes down to three, four years. It's yep. sad to say, but remember, he's a running back. He is high carries at Wisconsin. High carries his first two seasons with the Colts. I know you're saying Melvin Gordon was – all the above he's a unicorn he's a unicorn of out of that group think of all the other running backs came out of there monte ball john clay james white even yeah james white you name it they came out of there they did not pan out after three years and this is why i feel like jonathan taylor would be a guy i would cut just because of longevity purposes right because the statistics say he has a least a less likely chance to be great for a long time when compared to the other two I say keep Jamar Chase because I truly think he is a generational talent. You do too. We you said it first a long time ago. Yep. He's a generational talent. He hot take alert. He could be one of the best wide receivers of all time if he and Joe Burrow stay simpatico for the majority of their careers. Just based off of what we've seen from one year, already breaking every record. I want that on my dynasty rookie roster record. for his rookie record. Rookie record. I want to keep that on my roster for as long as possible. Right. And for me, when it comes to the quarterback position, like you said, in your super flex positions, you would trade out the nose for a good quarterback. Yep. So trading Justin Herbert, while that's not, you know, it's going to suck and it's going to hurt because he's a 24-year-old bro who's bombing past the 60 yards down the field, just looking amazing. Right. There is also that chance that I could get another similar case to Justin Herbert. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like the odds are higher that I can find a Justin Herbert than I can find a Jamar Chase. Because when push comes to shove at the quarterback position, as long as you have stability in like super flex leagues, I feel like that's better than nothing. And so like, if, for instance, if I'm getting 
trading Justin Herbert to a guy who has Mac Jones, but I'm also getting two firsts or three firsts and then three seconds. I'm not going to blink. I will say yes. Yep. Because the chances are higher. I can find another similar caliber ish player to Justin Herbert than I can Jamar chase because I truly believe Jamar is a once in a generational talent talent. I think with that, we'll, we'll close that right there. You can't say it, you can't say it any better than that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but you know, if you, if you think differently based on our keep trade cuts, please leave a comment below. Um, (laughs) you know, and the, uh, I just said, please put a comment below. I've been rehearsing for other (laughs) stuff. Anyway, for for YouTube, who said that? Yeah. Uh, you know, Please put a comment in our uh, Twitter and or email. Of course, you can find us on any major podcast platform. If it's not on a major or on a platform that you prefer, please hit us up on a Twitter or email. Jacob, where can the fine folks find our Twitter and or email? You can find us on Twitter at misfit underscore FF. You can send us an email at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com where we will answer all of your Fantasy football-related questions, dynasty questions, commissioner questions, what's the meaning of life questions. We're here for it all. Um, Please keep sharing the podcast with your friends, your enemies, your grandmothers, your mothers, whoever you want to. Keep keep growing the show like you have been, and then there will be stuff coming forthright, such as we're looking at possible cheap merchandise. We're looking at expanding into Patreon, YouTube, just doing stuff so that we can keep our mostly useful information flowing to your people's faces and ears or whatever. I don't know. Saying ear sounded weird in the moment. Regardless, gracias. Hashtag grow the show. Thank you to everyone that's been listening to us. I hope everyone has a terrific week and we'll see everyone back here next week for episode seven of season two, hashtag episode 80. I got the one-on-one. Reese Hall, baby. Go somewhere useful. (laughs) See y'all later.